and Ed. Hello, I'm Sean. And I'm Chris. And welcome to the Lack of Focus podcast. Hello, everyone, and welcome once again to another episode of Lack of Focus. I am your host, Ed Horn, and a long time beside me tonight, my really good friend, Mr. Sean Dorsey. Sean, how's it going, my friend? Good, Ed. How you doing? Good. And, of course, our producer extraordinaire one, Mr. Chris Sheriff. Chris, how's it going, my friend? Good, thanks, Ed. Happy Thanksgiving for those Thank who... <laughs> we, we had a little bit of a scheduling snafu, and we are, are recording this on the evening of Canada's Thanksgiving, so I do apologize to Chris. I, I think it's tomorrow. I, I don't know when it, I, is it... I think it's October 11th. I could Google it. I know it's this weekend, but we decided to go for the Sunday, because, you know, Sunday dinner. Yeah. All my, all my homies in the UK will uh, pick up what I'm putting down, you know? <laughs> Understood. All right, and tonight's main topic tonight is going to be what makes a good gaming convention to you. But of course, before we do that, we're going to go through our little what have we been doing lately. Sean, as usual, I will kick it over into your direction. What have you been doing lately, my friend? Um, working, working some more, and then working some more. So pretty much my last two weeks has been, you know, because America... Uh, government ends on September 30th, and then we had no clue if there would be a sh- shutdown or not. And I was wondering if that affected the work schedule or not. So that's pretty much my um, light deck for this one, just because I haven't had any time to really do anything, you know, since yeah, a lot. So, so, well, it'll be a it'll be a quick one for me this week. That works. <laughs> Chris, I guess as usual, we're gonna to have to leave it to you for carrying us. What have you been up to lately? Um, uh, lots of working. Same as Sean, pretty much. I did um, not not too much dice eight stuff recently. Uh, I was kind of doing a lot in the uh, in the in the garage and like tidying and like, the the progress is being made on the table behind me, which the listeners can't see. I mean, I could unblur the background for you guys. See. There is less crap on the table. You can kind of almost see. Um, almost see that there's a table under there. Yeah, I've been going through... Um, well, basically, I think last time we said about the Wookiees having been announced and everything. So I've been kind of chipping away a little bit, getting those all built, doing a little bit of painting. And then I decided it probably probably makes sense for me to finish building the rest of my Republic stuff, just so that I can get it off my um, off the table, because it's still in boxes. And the boxes take up more space than assembled models. So um, I'm going yes. through, I'm building my uh, Anakin 501st and Captain Rex stuff. Then I have um, a 212th list to make with um, Obi-Wan and a bunch of Phase 1s and Commander Cody. Uh, so I've been doing a lot of building. I've been watching Clone Wars because I'm doing mm-hmm. a lot of building. You know, yeah, get inspired, absolutely. Weirdly enough. Um, and then I managed to play two games, maybe, since we last spoke. Did I tell you about my game with the Wookiees, the first game I got in? Have we covered that yet? No, no. The last time no. we talked about it, they had just announced the Wookiees, and you went out and bought a whole bunch. So I did not actually yeah. know that you actually got to use them. Yeah, so I've had two games now. I had one game um, like a week or so ago and another game yesterday, uh, but both of them running slight variations on the Yoda list that I did on my YouTube channel. And um, all of my fears about using Yoda seem to be unfounded. He's just amazing. 
um, uh, is over a quarter of your army and is worth every point. Um, but yeah, Tarf- I, I sat- is Captain Tarfels in the army? Uh, no, hmm. no corns. I have um, Yoda, Chewbacca, and then more Wookies and some Fortery craft. And yeah, it's good. But um, yeah. I signed up for a league that uh, one of the other stores is running, so I had to drive to the northeast of Calgary yesterday, which is why we ended up postponing the show. I wasn't sure I'd get back in time. And um, yeah, that went pretty well. A really close game. I played against um, Vader and Boba Fett, and uh, it was like, do everything you can to not let Vader get to your lines with the do-backs, and um, then Vader gets to your lines anyway, and then all hell breaks loose. Yeah, there was a lot of um, intricate force pushing plays and like trying to figure out is this the turn I can try and kill Vader? Do I have to wait? Start out? How much damage can I let him do? Um, the decision tree for playing Yoda is huge. Um, I don't know that if I if I played Legion like really competitively, I don't know that I could play this list at a major event like five six rounds of trying to do it. Because I think I'd just be too drained. The, the decision tree, it can do everything, but that comes with its own cost of you have right. to... Or yeah. Right. Question of making the right decision at the right time. Yeah. Um, but I kind of figured it out. I managed to get Vader down without losing too much. Um, I kept Chewbacca away from Bubba Fett because he had a bounty on him. So if Bubba Fett kills Chewbacca, he gains an extra victory point. Ooh. And the mission we were playing... Um, should, um, unless one of us messes up horribly, it should end in a draw and then come down to kill points. And Yoda's good at keeping the Wookiees alive, and as long as I kill Vader, I should win. And I think I won by 26 points in the end, so Vader did did damage, um, but I kind of managed to to, uh, squeak it out. Um, So yeah, it it was a good game, really close. Then uh, we started playing um, Arkham Horror, the Scarlet Keys. We started that a few weeks ago now. Uh, but I don't think we've actually spoken about it, but it's, it's nope. worth That's talking cool. about. Um, but yeah, it's a, it's really good. A, a good campaign, but it's very strange in that you now get like, a full world map and you travel around and use time as a resource and it kind of burns through how much time you're using traveling to places. But not every location has a scenario or for you to actually play. So one of the, one of the weird things we found is last time we played, we went to a store, uh, met up, decided where we wanted to go. Or, or before we got there, then we read through the book together, and nothing happens. Oh. So then you've got to go somewhere else. Well, stuff happens. The story progresses, but you don't play. And it took us like forty five minutes. We literally went the entirety around the world without playing a scenario. And was like, it, it just felt very anticlimactic. So, yeah, it's been... The scenarios, when you play them, are really well done. Because, like, obviously, it's fairly far into its development cycle now. Um, I think it's its seventh cycle, maybe? Um, so it's a pretty mature game. Like, all of the mechanics work. There's no... Like, it's really well done. But yeah, just as it kind of got the grander scale, it kind of felt very strange and um, a little bit anticlimactic. So that's going to be interesting to see if we can kind of figure out a better way of doing it or if we just got unlucky. 
You know what I mean? Just are you? So I guess I'm a little bit uh, fuzzy on how the game mechanics work. It was, did you just pick a bad location to go to where there wasn't? A so scenario? it's kind of the way it's set up. Is it's like the old tell your own adventure books? Yeah, we're going to go to this location. It will have a page number. Effectively, you go to that page number, read what it says, and it might say play this scenario, or it might say, "Oh, it's quiet here. There's nothing going on." Oh, that's a shame. But obviously, that's a massive over. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it was very interesting. I I felt like the story progressed. We burned through a lot of time, which is bad uh, and good, but like st- stuff happens at set times and you get like reports and more information. But yeah, it was just like, oh we'll go here. Oh we'll go here. Oh we'll go here. And like after a fourth or fifth, find, finding the page, going through, cro- and it always asks you to cross-reference the investigator journal for if these different things have happened so you can get to the right bit of the Tell Your Own Adventure. So uh, it, it A, took literally 45 minutes of not playing the game before we could start setting up the game to start playing the game. Because until it, you know... Go, go Is this due to how the scenario is written, or do they intend to flesh those areas out over time that you just haven't got? Uh, the, so the, the campaign is done like there's nothing else to buy kind of thing what there is if you've done other things stuff might have happened so like i say it might have just been a bad run through of why if you think of the old text crawl games like if if you have the hammer go here and you can hammer through the door or whatever but if you don't Mm -hmm. if you've got the key or it was just one of those things everywhere we went we didn't trigger anything to start a scenario oh okay i see what you mean yeah, we went from Havana um, to where did we actually end up doing a scenario? I think no, we um, Lagos, I think. It's in Africa. It, it was on the, the west coast of Africa, so we went from Havana to the west coast of Africa, the long way round. <laughs> before we got to play a scenario, so you went through all the way through Asia. Yeah, we we went uh, Havana up to um, I don't think it was Anchorage. I think it was somewhere on the it might be San Francisco, then San Francisco to Tokyo, Tokyo to Beijing, Beijing to Kathmandu, Kathmandu. So like literally just knocking out areas locations, and yeah, it was um, it was amusing. In hindsight, at the in time, hindsight. it just got it got frustrating. We just wanted to play. Sure, makes sense. Especially because we're playing it four players, it means it kind of scales the difficulty on the number of players. So if you play it on your own, you'll need one clue per investigator. So you just need one. If you play with four of you, you need four. If you need two clues per investigator, you need eight. So like the amount of time it takes scales. So we wasted forty five minutes before we got to play. And then we had four of us playing, so we knew it was just going to be a long, a long night. So, oh, good. But I still enjoyed the game. I'm playing. Um, there's a new character. I forgot his name now. He is a the butler. So I'm definitely playing him as um, an alternate universe Alfred, where uh, Bruce Wayne dies and Alfred becomes Batman. Ooh. So I, I have. Um, I go around and do all of the servant stuff, but then I put them on my, my bat suit, because there is um, a new type of card where you can, instead of upgrading the card to have different text, as in you take out a level 0, put in a level 3, put in a level 5 card. It's a one card, but you get to pick 
you spend experience on upgrading it. So like my armor's now lighter, so it's easy to put on, and it gives me extra health. And if you, I can tap it so that so I can exhaust it. Sorry, don't sue me, wizards. It's fine. <laughs> um, alternate words for just moving a card from yeah, rotating it to landscape. <laughs> yeah, um, but I can exhaust it to deal damage to the people who attack me. Um, I can take damage from other investigators at my location. So it's like got a mega bat suit now and it's just this old man running around wearing a bat suit like yeah i'm definitely batman don't remind it (laughs) depending on your interpretations of alfred pennywise like some of them like had him as like a like former special forces guy like he was he was no joke yeah oh it's been interesting so we've got a weird mix because i'm the only blue character which is a guardian so i'm supposed to be the fighty one but my stats are terrible because i'm an old butler I get to give everyone else extra actions. So I normally get three actions a turn. I get to do one for free, but it has to be to give somebody else an action. And I can also do that as one of my actual actions, but you can only do it to each person once. So I can kind of boost the economy, but we also don't have anyone who's any good at actually fighting. Oh. So there's lots of ways and means of dealing damage, but it all has to kind of come together and... Yeah, I think we lost our first scenario in a while. Um, after all of that, we didn't actually win the scenario. So, um, yeah, it was so how does, it was how does that work out to the characters? Like, I mean, it is Arkham. So, like, do the kids, the characters go insane? Do you lose them? Do you have to kind of replay it? Uh, that... You can, yeah. So, basically, you, you st- the story still progresses regardless if you win all. It's basically um, victory or... Result one, result two, result three, result four, blah blah blah. Which and it tells you which which thing to look at. Um, I think we ended up with like, I now have um, a mental trauma and a physical trauma now after that game. So I, <laughs> I I basically start the game with one one less health, one less um, sanity, and that happens for the rest of the campaign now. Interesting. Yeah, it's one but, of those games that's always interested me. I never really got around to diving into it. Well, now is the best time to start compared to when it came out because all of the revised boxes are much better value and it's much more um, accessible. Like they broke it down so that rather than having to buy the blisters of one scenario at a time and having a, a cycle where something would come out every month, they do the investigator box, which is just all of your player cards, and then a campaign box, which is the new campaign with all of the scenarios in it. Hmm. So if you want to play with just the Investigator at the core box, you never have to buy another Investigator set ever again. You can buy all of the scenarios and just use your core set Investigator and tell the entire stories through. Hmm. Or if you fancy a change, you can just buy the Investigator box that has the one you want in it and do it that way. So Interesting. Yeah, I like it. Anything else you'd like to cover? Um, No, not really. So there's, um, just... What's busy time? We're um, we're renewing our mortgage, basically. So that's it. Oh. Eating up a lot of time and stress, and um, a bunch of stuff going on at the store, uh, Sentry Box kind of things with stuff changing over there. So that's eating up a lot of time as well. So what kind of stuff yeah. changing? Like anything? Oh, just um, basically the person who was the manager um, didn't want to do it anymore. So there's a bunch of reshuffles and. Oh, I with, see. with that happening, um, they're opening up looking at like processes and procedures for everything. So 
kind of trying doing a lot of stuff that I was banging the drum about for years is now happening. But Yay. yeah. Well hopefully. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's fine. All right. So what have I been doing the last couple of weeks? Um the first thing that comes off the top of my head um, I attended the Pittsburgh Retro Gaming Convention uh, in Monroeville. That was actually really fun. Um, I was going into that. One of the problems that I've always had with conventions like that is that it's just a, it's a bunch of sellers, which I went in for. Like, that's kind of what I was going for. Like, I have a great local retro game, sh- game shop, uh, the Warp Zone. Um, and it's the only downside to it is it's restricted to what comes in the store. So you're really kind of restricted on a very small footprint on the games that come in and the games that go out of the store on what you actually have access to. So I liked the idea of going to a gaming convention like that, where there were going to be dozens of resellers there and that stuff I wouldn't normally see here, I might find there, which is exactly what happened. But the upside for it was like their prices were actually really reasonable. Um, I was expecting to play quote unquote convention prices as in a 10 to 15% markup on what the game really, really goes for. But I did not really encounter that at all. Um, there in the entire front room of the um, expo was just nothing but vendors. And of course you have the folks that are kind of like, well, this is kind of gaming adjacent. So like you have the folks that are doing like the lithographs and the t-shirts and that's not really, really what I wanted to go for. I was really wanted to like, I wanted to dig through some old games, which is ex- and there were dozens of people that had stuff. Um, I'm specifically on the still on my PS3 kick. Um, that's not really gone anywhere yet. I haven't touched it in quite a bit, um, mostly because I've been painting Sisters of Battle and haven't had time to play video games. Um, th- this was this was a, a double-edged sword for me because I got there, I went there, and I picked up eight games that I have not seen anywhere else in person and got my hands on, and came home and like, oh god, do I I I got these new games now. I want to play play them and try them out. Um, and I'm not going to lie, my uh, my painting has slowed down significantly <laughs> in the last couple of weeks. My motivation is starting to drain for me, and it kills me because I just have 10 girls, 10 girls to finish. I have, I have one five-girl squad that is, I don't know, halfway done. I think I've got base coats down on all of them. I haven't done any of the detail work. I haven't done any of the cleanup work yet. There isn't a drop of wash on any of them yet, but they're getting there. Um, I did spend a Saturday afternoon uh, gluing myself to myself. Um, they were running a special. They had a whole bunch of um, stuff they had in the, um, what's the word I'm looking for? The, some people, it's like a discount bin. It's stuff that the store is just trying to get off their shelves. So clearance. they mass. what's that? A clearance rack. Perfect. That's what I'm looking for. Yeah, I could, for some reason I was drawing a blank. And they had a whole bunch of magnets in a clearance rack for five bucks. And I'm like, oh. Well, I know we had talked last time and I was like, I was going to use the paperclip method to be able to, to put the girls on in something more stable than those stupid plastic flight stands that they come with. But I'm like, but if I magnetize them, maybe that, maybe that'll work out. Maybe that'll work out better. I figured the worst case scenario is I'd just snap them off if it, did, if it didn't work out for me and then yank the magnets off and everything would be fine. I could just go back to the way I was going to do it. But ultimately, in the end, it did turn out to work out really, really well. I did glue a couple of magnets to each other, which means they're never coming apart. But these really, really tiny um, rare earth magnets, perfect. Boom. Snap them on. They're great. They move around. I can pick them up. Oh, look, I can spin them around to be a little bit easier to get into things. So much better. So much better. So that that one, I actually did. I think that experiment worked out. I, I magnetized the 10. I still have five more I need to magnetize, and I might spend some time tomorrow night trying to finish that up. So that all 15, I have 
uh, I have 10 Seraphim and 15, or in 5 Zephyrim, the ones with the swords, um, and get those all magnetized up. So that's done. Um, and like I said, I got base grits down on one, and then I've just really, I have been, my motivation has just drained for me. I don't know why my motivation drained for me. I was feeling that whenever I went to the gaming convention to start off with, and then of course I came back with a whole bunch of new games, and I'm like, it is Halloween, and I usually have a tradition. I've got to play Alien Isolation again because it's Halloween, and I've got to play Dead Space Two again because it's Halloween. And I'm like, I, I I need to just get these ten girls done so that I can move on and do those other things because I'm I'm definitely feeling the I'm getting burned out painting. I, I I need to grind it out, get these last ten done, and like step away for a couple of weeks and do something else other than that. Um. Beyond that, Games 40K going on at the game store have been fantastic. I think we've we've added two more people to our little uh, conclave that meets up at the store. Um, we're going to be hosting an event. This is an event that I 100% stole the idea from, from the old 40K radio guys, um, which is Last Man Standing. Uh, for those who don't uh, know what that is, it's basically every person brings a thousand point army. You can have between four and six players on a table, and it's a every man for himself kind of thing. Alliances can be built and forged. They can also be betrayed, but ultimately end one person walks away from that table as the last man standing. And then you take all of the tables, you pick everything up that you have left on the table, whether it's a guy with one wound, a full tank, whatever it is, then they go to another table. And then the winners of those three, three or four or five or whatever tables they are fight it out. And whoever wins, it's a winner take all kind of event. So I got the store to agree to be able to run that. We're going to run that the day after Christmas. I was trying to be kind to my store during holiday season. Whenever people are coming in for shopping, I didn't want to take up that time and space during that time frame. So I figured the day after Christmas would be perfect. Plus, it's a Tuesday. And yeah, be Boxing Day sales. In, uh... Yeah, exactly. I mean, people are going to be, might be returning stuff or whatever, but I think the volume is going to be a little bit less. Um, I'm scheduling to have that time off. Everyone's going to try to schedule off. It's enough time to give everyone fair warning, you know, two and a half months from now, this is what we're going to do store agreed to let us do it. So it's going to be fantastic. And, um, we got clearance to finally start running our league. Um, this is one of those weird things when our, how, how do I put what every time the, our gaming group, it's myself, Chad, his son, Logan, my son, Gabe, and the little group of gamers that kind of, we, we all kind of go into a conclave. We all are there together. Whenever we go into a store, whenever we end up going to a place for regularly, ultimately, and we end up being the ones running the show as far as the community work, setting up events, scheduling games, that kind of stuff, because it's hard work that nobody wants to do. And if someone does it, it improves the experience for everybody. This actually kind of come, kind of uh, to, uh, toenails into our main discussion for the night too. So ultimately end, you need that community leader. You need that person to step up and say, I'll be the one willing to do the work. I'm going to be the one to schedule games. I'm going to be the one to put stuff up in the discord. I'm going to be able to put, you know, here's a new player. I'm going to be the person that's going to sit down with them for the first, first couple of games and show them how to play the rules, you know, the rules of the game, how to play the game, how to, how, all of that. Um, everywhere we've ever gone, we've done that. When we stepped away from gaming up there for about two years, someone else stepped into those that role and filled those filled those shoes. Person I know, person I've known for years, and I'm very friendly with. Um, but he's kind of taken several steps back. He's kind of like just getting out of gaming altogether, and he's not been at the store recently, and especially the last three to four months, I've never seen him. Um, so it was one of those things where we wanted to start a league. 
we wanted to start running things, start making, you know, getting everyone's games together. Uh, we're doing a casual league. I think I may have talked about this before, because um, we're going to run basically the same league we did before. It was a casual league. It's the points don't matter. Wins don't matter. It's we're going to distribute prizes, you know, completely at random at the end of six weeks. It's just kind of something to motivate people into getting into gaming on a regular basis. And then after that one, we're going to run a little bit more of a competitive league where wins and losses do matter. Kind of like ease everyone into it. But I had to have a conversation, a very awkward conversation with this person who used to run things there. Uh, they did show up to the store because I asked them if they can come up to the store and Susie because I wanted to talk to them. I wanted to talk to them in person. I'm not really a big fan of having conversations like that via text or Facebook Messenger or Discord. I, I wanted to have the conversation in person. It was a little bit awkward and a little bit weird, um, but it was more along the lines of, hey, this is what we want to do. You were kind of the person that was in charge of running things. You haven't been here for some time. Is it okay with you if we do this? And he was totally fine with it, totally cool with it. Um, I did get the impression that he still felt that he needed to be involved somehow, some way, but um, I don't need the help. <laughs> so I don't know how else to put that. Um, but after we got all those, you know, didn't ruffle any feathers, uh, hopefully, um, we're going to be starting a league here in a couple of weeks. So I got to drop some rules. Um, for a casual league, and then I think Logan's actually taking the point on that. I think he's already got stuff written up. I just want to review it with him. Um, and then we're going to start a regular league for 40k. So that's going to be a bunch of fun. And so I played two of the newer guys, and I'm finally seeing progress. I'm finally seeing some of the gears turning and some of the things falling into place of like, oh, this is how the game works. This is why it's important to have units in my army that actually hold an objective as opposed to just running everything forward into close combat. It's starting to click. I'm starting to see some of the fruits of our labors. I had a fairly difficult game uh, against one of my our newer players on to, uh, last Tuesday. I ended up winning the game, but I fought a whole lot harder against him this time than the last time I played him about a month and a half ago. So just in those six weeks and just going through it, I'm starting to, and which is what I want. I don't want to be the person just comes in and plays everyone and beats everyone. That's not what I'm looking for. I'm looking for improvement. I'm playing Sisters of Battle. And for those who might not be up on the 40K meta at the moment, Sisters of Battle are pretty, pretty low on the power scale. I shouldn't win a lot of these games. Most of these players have armies that are better and have better rules and should be able to mop the floor with me, which should happen. Which is why I'm holding off on bringing, bringing up like Necrons, for example, because Necrons are near the top of the meta right now. So I'm holding off until like they finally, finally are like, all right, I'm getting significant. I'm getting beaten on a regular basis. Now I'm going to flip the switch and now I'll go to something else. So yeah, that's about it for me. It's been a ton of fun enjoying it. And I will finally get those 10 girls painted. I promise they're going to get done. I Oh, I did keep my promise for those from the previous episode. I 100% finished more of Involve. And post the pictures into uh, the Discord for those who are interested in seeing it. Okay, yep. so that's it. All right, Sean, on to your main topic. So I, I, I gave you a little bit of a lead-in on the what is a good gaming, gaming convention to you? So do you want to expand upon that a little bit? Because there's a lot of different directions I could go with it. Yeah, so conceptually, it's, you know, what is something that... Kind of like, okay, what is your premier type to start with? You know, it's kind of like best, worst, um, you know, kind of that in the middle ground. But the way that I look at gaming conventions is I look at 
for me, a comic book convention would be something I would never go to because I have no interest in it and it doesn't really hold, like, for me anyway, kind of the the needs that I would have at the convention. Um, the, the highlight would be, the best one would be a mixture, mostly the board gaming side, like I really enjoy board gaming conventions the most. Kind of like your, your large, from large to from like Gen Con down to the locals that have, you know, maybe a thousand or two, 2,000 people coming through on an entire weekend, but it's board games or not really like minis, like what we talk about minis as, but, you know, like mini games where you might more, instead of like X-Wing type minis, maybe more along the lines you know, of like Wings of War minis, because it's a different game, different style, or, you know, racing games, car racing games, things like that. Um, and then that, that kind of middle ground is that mixture, kind of like the Adepticon style, where there's a lot of mini stuff going on, but you do have some board gaming stuff, you know, and they're showing you new things and, you know, um, you know, giving you kind of that, that taste into something uh, you know, like I learned about Blood Plunder at Adepticon. You know, pirate pirate minis game, pretty cool looking game. I, it was there again this past year. I saw it there. Yeah, but around here, it's just so hard to get people to want to play something like that because it's not really carried in stores either. You know, it's which is the hard part around here is that if you're interested in a game, you have to do like you were talking about. You have to do a lot of work. You know, first you got to find the store that's going to allow it. Second, you got to you got to start building. You know, you got to put minis on the table for that, and better painted than not painted. And um, you know, trying to build a community and expanding on a community, it's hard to do when you have obscurity. X Wing was easy because it's Star Wars. You know, so many people played the Star Wars minis game. From I don't remember who made it. But uh, probably WizKids, I would guess. That, I was going to say, I think that was a Wizards product, yeah. Or a Wizards yeah. subsidiary. Yeah, so that was easy to cross people over. Warhammer, same thing. Pretty easy to get people to play because, you know, people, the the experienced players are already playing. And then the ones who've played in the past that might come and join up for like a casual league or, you know, a non-hyper competitive situation probably already have a bunch of minis in their garages, you know, attic or something. Um, I, th- I think I'm picking up what you're putting down. Yeah, and then when you, for me, so so when I look at conventions, so like a gaming convention like what you went to, the, you know, what what was it, the Pittsburgh, what was it? Pittsburgh Retro's Game Con. Yeah, so something like that would have great interest, not really for the people selling the console games and, and stuff like that, but it would be for arcades. You know, because uh, and had... I, I did not mention that in mind. I was hope because I was kind of holding on to it for this conversation. That was the so again for the primary area. There was a whole bunch of vendors. You could buy games. You could buy game adjacent stuff. All of that stuff was there. The second half of the uh, gaming convention, I sent pictures to Sean and Chris of this. They had a full blown arcade. Set. They had rolled in over two hundred and fifty cabinets of every game you could possibly think of was there. And they were all set to free play, and they were just there for anyone who wanted to just come up and touch a game and, do, and and play it. On top of that, in the second half of that, they had all of these consoles set up. 
like dozens and dozens and dozens and dozens of consoles, like consoles I had never physically touched before. TurboGrafx 16s, your 3DOs, the Sega uh, Saturn, those rare older consoles that, that didn't do too well. But every everything from the NES, there were dozens of those. There were dozens of Genesises. There were dozens of you know Super Super Mario's. There was a a full blown uh, GoldenEye thing going on on the N64s that were backed up back there. The one thing, the one console that I wanted to sit down and touch, they had four Ataris set up. It was literally just a basket of games. Like, oh, yeah, go ahead. Pick one up and play whichever game you want to play. 2600 or what is it, 7800? So they had four 2600s. They had two 7800s. No 5200, oddly enough. Um, 7800, I think, was the the best out of that whole line. Sure. Agreed. But point Um, being is that was a ton of fun. So, like, no matter which direction you were coming in from there, if you were going in like I was, I was specifically going there for... Um, just looking at the vendors because I really wanted to, you know, get my hands on some older games that I've been able to find. I ended up spending over half of my time in the damn arcade. Oh yeah, because I was like, oh, when's the last time I played actual Burger Time on an actual Burger Time machine? Right. Um, I I jumped in. There was uh, with some complete random stranger. Uh, we sat down and played. Oh, what the hell was it? It was uh, it was on the PS2. It was one of the Resident Evils. I think it was Resident Evil Five. Or Resident Evil 6, that was the, the two-person one. And I spent 30 minutes just playing with complete random stranger. It was awesome. Like, mm-hmm. compl- like that, that I had a ton of fun doing. That was, that was probably, like, the highlight for me on that particular convention was just meeting new people, meeting people, talking about people about games. How, like, I had so many conversations with people I've never met before about looking for this game, looking for this one. There was one woman that was looking for a specific game she couldn't find. I found it at another vendor and then ran around the convention center to find her and said, Hey, Hey, I found that it's over here. Like we, it was, that was a ton of fun. See, that that's the interesting thing to me about cons like that is you're playing a game from the past on the actual system, mm-hmm. not on an, not on an emulator, which Correct. they can emulate games really well. The steam deck is great for games uh, that, they 100%. Have that, that emulate up to, you know, specific systems. But at the same time, it's not like sitting down and playing on a tactile machine. It's it's why I love my three-quarter arcades so much is because even though they're not the full-scale, you know, 19 to 23-inch screen and, you know, the old tube that, you know, you could smell them when they were going to burn out. And, mm-hmm. You know, or when they heated up, you could smell the ozone and all the crap that, from the tubes and stuff. But... There's just something about playing an arcade game with an arcade joystick, arcade buttons, you know, and that type of thing. And that's 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 like to me where cons really can do well. Like at a local local con we have here, it's called Newcon. It happens September late September, early October. It was early in my opinion, it was early this year, probably because of the space they were in um you know had other stuff going on but what's interesting about it is so so they have board game you know it's it's a board gaming convention and then it has like you were talking about the vendors you know where it has the gaming vendors so there's like an rpg gaming vendor there's a couple stores that come in that have that bring board games and stuff to sell then you have those adjacent things so like the 3D printers or the ones who buy the resin, you know, the resin goblets and stuff. And, you know, they have um, the big drag resin dragons, yeah. you know, that are all pre-painted and everything. You got those and, 
then you got the ones that do like the armor making. You can buy chain mail and stuff from them. There you and go. Then there, you know, then there's the artist, you know, because you got to have artists, I guess. Yep, we had those two. You know, and, and those are the things, like, for me, the three things that annoy me the most about conventions are the amount of space it's taken up for, and this is just me, because I'm a weird guy, but I don't give two shits about actors. I don't care about artists. Yeah. It's, it's not that I don't support artists. It's just, if you're there, if you're at a board game convention and you're doing manga artist artistry or you're trying to sell manga stuff it's like for me i know that a lot of people you know cross over into all of these things and that's just an example i'm giving but the artists i have a hard time with and then the other thing i have a hard time with are like when you go to gen con and they're taking up a lot of space for like magic the gathering and Yu-Gi-Oh and those types of things yep you know because to me it's like you know gen con was always the role-playing board games, you know. And then you have the outliers where they have those mech pods. Have you ever seen the mech pods? I have. You know, so you have those types of things there. At a local thing at, at uh, Newcon in town, they have a, they have, somebody brings in like eight laptops and they set up a game called Artemis, which is like a Star Trek simulator. Like you have a captain, kind of like Captain Sonar, but, you know, in a in a video game setting where you have like the captain and then you have the weapons and and you have comms and you have all these different positions, you know, that each person can play and then they all have to communicate to win the battle or do whatever they're doing. And it's pretty cool when you have because that attracts like the kids. You know, that's more for that preteen, younger style kid who probably isn't gonna be interested in the board games and you know, but are interested in stuff like that. The number but, of young, and I mean young, like eight and under kids I saw playing the Atari that weekend. Holy cow. Holy yeah, cow. And it's funny because the Atari, like when you go back to the 2600 Atari, you know, it's nothing at all, even remotely close to anything you can bring up today. Maybe, maybe if somebody put an eight bit system out there just for nostalgia that kids play, but Literally, there's nothing like an Atari in today's day and age. You know, Atari and television. I'm trying to think what the the, the Vetrex, which I think the Vetrex is awesome. There were two of those there. I didn't get a chance to touch them because they were back. They were packed up, but there were two there. Yeah, and and you know, Vetrex is huge because that's where you got Star Wars. That's where you got Empire Strikes Back. Mm-hmm. That's where you could play like Battlezone. You know, and and. And all, I might talk about this a little bit later before we end the show, but there are some really cool things out there, you know, at cons that you can you can find. You know, it's just like I bought my um, Space Hulk at a con, you know, like 13 years ago. And, you know, it's I, I've had people who see it like, hey, would you sell me the Space Marines out of the thing? Nope. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You know, it's just it's amazing to me what a good con is compared to, and I've been to bad cons too. Like it's, if I I can camp on that thought real quick before you go to your bad con. Um, the one disappointment that I had for the Pittsburgh retro game con, because I guess it was supposed to be like a tabletop game too. Like a lot of like the role-playing games. I was hope what I was hoping for was what I got in the vendor side on the old video games in that I was going to be able to flip through a whole bunch of old stuff and find stuff that I've been looking for for years and years. Um, most of them were selling everything brand new. So a whole bunch, a whole bunch of 5e. 
and yeah. more modern stuff. And what I was really hoping for was the dusty old library of here's a whole bunch of second edition books, you know, from the, I've got like two or three that I'm still looking for that I'm not willing to pay, you know, eBay prices for that. Like, oh, right. boy, would it be nice if I could come across that and put my fingers on it kind of thing that I did not. Get. That's that was a that was a disappointment. Yeah, it it almost sounds like that one was more for the arcade and sure. console gaming more so because that's like what I'm more in tune tune with. You know, is is anything that's on that realm when I like watch videos and things like that. I like watching videos about the gaming conventions that are more the electronics driven gaming conventions mm-hmm. than I than I would. Um, what's the oh man, I can't think of it. Penny Arcade. What's their convention? I can't think of what it's called. They have one in West, one East, one like Pax. South. Pax, yeah. You know, those are conventions that if you go to that, you know, you're you're either going to something like Pax or Gen Con or these other conventions for either the gaming, learning new games, the the social, the socialization side of it, um, or you know, like just or going into a hall to watch somebody speak about something. You know, that's kind of what those types of conventions, because those have the big name people that are talking, you know, sure. how, how to, the, how to, how to build minis and how to, how to get your YouTube channel going now and all of those types. of. And this, this one had that too. There were quite a few, there was, I guess there is a retro video game podcast based out of Pittsburgh, which I had never heard of before. I'm going to have to start, I'm gonna have to look them up and find and start and start listening to them. They were recording down there, and there were quite a few YouTube celebrities. One of the guys that I actually follow, uh, a guy by the name of John Riggs, um, oh, yeah. was there. John Riggs, yeah. Yeah, open cart surgery. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I got I got a chance to talk to him for a few minutes. It's one of those things, like, this one was so much more chill, because I was afraid to go up and talk to any of these people, because I know Chad has gone down to those things. And, oh, if you want to talk to this person or get a picture with them, yeah, no. That's like 25 bucks, you know. Right. Yeah. None of that there. None of that there. John, I, I literally walked up to him, talked to him for about 15, 20 minutes. We were going over. He was looking for a couple of things. I'm like, oh, you know, I, I haven't seen that. That's not what I'm looking for. Um, he was going through. He, he What he was looking for is because he was spending the week here in Pittsburgh was other retro game shops that he can go and check out. So I pointed him to my local one. And right. I didn't know if he was going to have time. But the downside is they're only open on the weekends. And his weekend was at the convention center. So he wasn't going to be able to make it out there. Um, but like, I didn't have to pay him. I didn't like just literally it was every, like, there was one of the other ones, um, Bob, the world builder. He's one of the ones that I've, uh, one of the D and D guys that I follow. He was there, but, and there, I'm sure there was a bunch of other people that I don't know how famous they are. There was just going down that line, but none of that, there weren't lines of people trying to get pictures with people and none of that kind of stuff. It was just, here's people that are in the same sphere as you go yep. and say hi. Those are the types that I like. The ones I don't like are when you're standing in line for an hour, paying a hundred bucks to get a comic book signed or to get artwork drawn on something. I know or some B-list, B-list celebrity who hasn't been in anything in a while and you're trying to get your picture yeah. taken. Yeah, yeah. You know, that type of stuff is the stuff that just kind of drags me down when I see it. Now, I don't, I don't ever put it down or anything, but it's just, you know, it, it annoys me because then I see people like in Facebook that I'm friends with that will solicit, hey, are you going to the wizarding convention down in Kansas City to, could you get something signed for me? You know, nope. I'll give you the money. You know, it's just like, dude. No. Nope, I, I know I know what it was like 
going to a convention and spending four days at a table running events. And to See, me, that's, that's, where I th that's where I thought this was going to go. Well, it, it, ultimately, you know, you, you live and learn. You know, that was my interest at the time. But looking back, it's like I wasted 2014's Gen Con running events. You know, Did you, in, in, in essence, no, I mean, it's so it's it's that balance because that was my goal. Remember, you know, my goal was to run worlds, run nationals, you know, run those large events for Fantasy Flight. And I did it, but then looking back, it's like, you know, I literally spent four days watching over a game going on rather than going in, like my son was with me and he went out and experienced stuff. Yeah. So the, the, so the, that kind of gets, a, the, I had two conventions, well, technically three, that I was going to bring on to is the list of ones that I genuinely, truly rank is very, very high on my list of ones that I've enjoyed. I am split. I can't decide if you put a gun to my head. I don't know that I could decide whether or not I preferred worlds or I preferred Nova. And the reality of the situation is I probably would put worlds just a hair above because all of us were there and we got in a way we got the red carpet rolled out for us by friends at fantasy flight games. We had a table there to do podcast stuff. We got the whole, and I, we, I know we've talked about this in the past, the coolest part about that was that, yep, convention the day's over there. We're going into the hot tub. We're just going to sit down and relax. Like they, like the, the whole vibe there was just fantastic. It was because when I got bumped out, when I got bumped out and didn't make the cut, that gave us two days. Where we weren't really playing games, but oh boy, were we still involved in everything that was going on? We were doing interviews the whole time we were there. Got to interview, you know, Nathan Idy right after, right before he played Paul Heaver. Got uh, Mashari. Yet, yet the guys from Australia that we we were we, we hooked up with. There were so many people that I got to meet in person and oh, yeah. interview for the show. Like for me, that it's such a high event to be able to like. Kind of, I was working it because we were doing stuff for the show that day, but we weren't really. I was there to play. I did have fun playing there too. Um, but it was the whole vibe, the whole social interactions. Ultimately, in the end, it was the social interactions. I think that put it on the top for me is one of the better ones that I had been to as a quote unquote player. And, and a, I can, so, so, and that's like the top level. If you're going to look at top level of any sure. person, you go to meet your friends and hang out with your friends at an event like that, you know, especially ones like, I mean, I talk to you guys every two weeks, but I don't see you in person very often. So to right. be able to like hang out and chill, like that, that to me was the, 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 the ultimate high on that one. Yeah, no. And, and those are the best, you know, it's like, that's what made Gen Con so cool is I didn't really get to hang out with that many people. Cause you're working from early morning till evening and then you're prepping for the next day, you know, after you're done and stuff. So, like, Gen Con had all those same people there, you know, Chad Heifel and, you right. know, all, all the people that I had met throughout. You know, they're coming up talking to you, you know. It's just, you're just kind of there differently. Now, if I was there to play, it's a different story. You know, when I, when I went to 2015 Worlds as a player, it was a lot more fun for me than 2014 Worlds. Because 2015 Worlds, you guys were there, you know, we had, uh, you know, we got to, we got to do quite a bit of stuff, you know, yes, we did. where when you're kind of tied down, you're just doing a lot less and you're not involved. You're at the hot tub at night, but you're not involved in what's going on during the day, which, you know, going out to eat, you know, people don't realize, but those 
finding some crappy restaurant to go eat at and then having a blast, you know, while you're there. Because all you're doing is talking about, you know, what happened. And then so those, those are the times when it's just really good. It's just it's really I, I really think if, if I went to a con alone, I would be miserable. You know, if I didn't have somebody there to hang out with that I knew or multiple people to meet up with and do stuff with. Because all I would do is walk around, and then I would get caught into that loop in my brain of, do I want to sit down and play this? Do I want to deal with the people at the table? That type of thing. Yeah, I can understand you know, that. And the socialization side of things, you know, it's just... Oh, it's only socialization if you, you have friends there that you're socializing with. Right. I went to the Pittsburgh uh, Retro Video Game Con uh, by myself, uh, mostly because it was 25 minutes away from my house, tops. So, like, it didn't bother me so much to not have anyone to go and socialize with. I did ask one of my kids if they wanted to go, and they weren't really interested. Video games are more important, and I get that. Um, so I just went down by myself. It, it was probably beneficial, to be honest with you, because I was digging through boxes and boxes and boxes of old games, and they'd have gotten bored really, really quick. So it was probably better that I went by myself. But I didn't go there to meet anyone or hang out with anyone, and then I left. And I was there for a few hours, played some games, and then that was kind of it. But if I had gotten on an airplane, or I had gotten into a car and I drove a really, really long way and I got into a, like, I would 100% want to at least have someone else there to socialize with. Otherwise, I agree with you, Sean, I'd have probably gotten bored really, really quick. Yeah, and it's not really the boredom side of it. It's just the, you know, what do you do side of it? You know, mm -hmm. um, you know, it's like going to what you went to in Pittsburgh would have been great for me because you'd have loved it. I, I could just walk up to an arcade machine and play it till somebody else is behind me, you know, or whatever, you know, you know, sit down and play the Atari 2600 on the original crappy. If they had the original crappy joysticks and they stuff. sure did. Everything was original. You they know, were, it was fantastic. So you hear that plastic creaking as you're moving it and stuff, you know, that, that would have been awesome, you know, or playing a few of the other. So, like, for me, it's like the systems that I am most enamored with were the 2600, because that's what I started out with, in television. Same. In television, but really and truthfully, I never, I didn't own an Intellivision. My friend Jeff did. So when I'd spend the night, we'd play in television. But a lot of those games on Intellivision were two-player games, so you kind of, you know, you're, you're kind of missing. And then when I got into, like, PlayStation and Xbox, it was just the NCAA football and Madden. You know, that's all I ever got into with those. Yeah, I was, NES, that, you know, I was in that rut myself for many, many years. NES, though, you know, that's kind of one of the different ones where the NES for me was like track and field and con that one I expanded a lot more on, you know, like Contra, track and field. And, you know, that was like the first time I ever really experienced a game system and a game where I finished, you know, um, one of the biggest games I remember playing is Go 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 13, which is like a spy drama type game that's really a weird one to explain to people, but really cool game to play if you figured out how to play it. It was on the NES? Yeah, yeah NES or Super NES, one of the uh, two. So it's interesting that you mentioned emulation to me, and one of the what throw, what always gets me on this one. I have been rattling around. There's been a thought rattling around the back of my head for the last several months about like I'd sold off, like I sold off my original Atari many, many years ago, whenever we had kids and we needed money. Um, and then I bought a new one a while back and then I went and built that raspberry Pi, and I'm like, Oh, I've got everything I need on it. 
And I even on the Steam Deck, like I've tried playing some of my favorite 2600 games and it's not the same. Mm-hmm. There's a they, they translate really, really well, like the the Genesis games translate really, really well. The, the Nintendo and Super Nintendo games, because the controllers are all the same. But there's just something about that Atari paddle or the Atari joystick that doesn't translate well from a physical hardware um, perspective to emulation to me. The game's exactly the same. It's exactly the same as I remember it, but it's there's something very tactically, tactilely yeah. different. Yeah, um, I same, almost wish same. that there was like a USB Atari controller. Oh my God. Yeah. Or a Bluetooth Atari controller that I could hook up and I, there's got to be one. If there is, I might actually have to find one just to use it for on the Steam Deck or on the computer for emulation because it's the it, only that, thing I feel it's missing. That's where to me the tactile response is so different, you know. Sure. When you're playing on the Steam Deck, it's a big ass piece of equipment. So to hold it and play it, or even if you're playing like with a, uh, you know, with a, uh, a controller, you know, it, it's still not the same. You know, the two yeah, sticks are not the same. All the as... other ones feel like they feel fine to me. You know what I mean? Like because their controllers well, because are basically the controllers are the same. You know, right. The... When you got the PlayStation and Xbox controllers, they and even like Sega Saturn, I believe, yes, had the had the thumb thumb pads or thumb stick mm-hmm. and the Dreamcast. Yeah, the Dreamcast. Um, maybe it was, I'm thinking Dreamcast, not Saturn. Um, the Dreamcast. So you kind of got into the more modern style. That's right. That well, it was all up. it was the D pad and buttons. Either you had yeah. shoulder buttons or you didn't, but it was D pad and buttons. Those yep. all translate well to me, but for whatever reason, like if I could find a Bluetooth Atari style controller, I think I might have to buy one just for that. That's the one thing I feel is missing. Otherwise, I'm going to buy another Atari. <laughs> and, and you and you have to understand too. You know, the Atari stick was it was an eight way joystick that was designed in probably the the weirdest way possible when it came to how the pressure points worked and stuff. Right you know, between the four trigger or the four buttons inside because when you go diagonal on those, it push both buttons, and that's how it knew to go, like diagonal upright, you know. Correct. And I found it, too, even on arcade machine emulation, like the game Arkanoid, it doesn't work well with the paddle, you know, with a, with a spinner. It's really weird in emulation, but I haven't found one that works well with the spinner, but it works really well with a trackball. Huh, interesting. It's, and it's a spinner game. Well, it's just, I think it's just the way that calibration works, you know. So it could be the same thing with your Atari games is how the game is meant, you know, the hitboxes and everything else from those old 8-bit games hit differently on the new joysticks because the new joysticks, the thumbsticks have a long play. Yes. You know, it's almost yes. like a, it's almost like a 49 if it, it reminds me of like the 49-way joystick on um, you know, like NFL Blitz and um the hell was it? The Sinistar, you know, where you absolutely had to have that pressure control to make the game play perfectly. And I think it's even the same way with the old Atari games, is there's so much play in those thumbsticks. Now, if you play the pad, it's a little bit different. Still the same thing, though, in my opinion, but the sticks just don't play it the same way. No, I or- agree. One of my favorite games on the Atari 2600 is a game called Dodge There was a whole bunch of the, these clones of this game, but basically it's a maze racer game and you have to kind of like, there's a ghost racer in there. You have to jump in and out and you can speed, push a button down to speed up. And for whatever reason in emulation, that game never, never tracks for me. 
for whatever reason, I'm never able to have the level of control that I would have if I had a, uh, a joystick in my hand, like a good old-fashioned joystick. The other one, Warlord. Oh, God, do I love that game. I spent so many years playing that game because it's one player. I remember I remember being in college in 97, 98, having my Atari at college and still having people play Warlords. That's whenever we had, like, land parties of StarCraft, but every once in a while I'd break out the Atari and I'd have, like, eight, ten guys in our room playing Warlords in 1997. That's how well that game still translates to me. Damn, does that game yeah. not translate well to emulation. So there's, like I said, I, I'm probably just going to break down and buy uh, an RGB modded, I'm sorry, an RCA jack modded, because that's the highest you can get out of, the highest fidelity you can get out of them. Well, they're, so Atari's actually, did you see that Atari is putting I, so I did 7800 system combined? I did, and I was super excited about it until I read the specs on it, because it's just emulation. So they released a whole list of games that they weren't compatible, and a bunch of the retro game uh, enthusiasts looked over that list and went, huh, that's interesting. That's because these games are difficult to emulate. Yeah, but with the Atari, wasn't the emulator on the on the actual board of the game? So I thought Atari... I thought Atari, Atari, Atari had the ROMs on the game, and there is a chip inside. My point being, though, it's not a, um, it's not a, what's, what's the term? That, it's v, VGA or it's, it's a VPA. It's something where it's like an actual hardware, rec, a hardware replication. Like there is, there is a version of the NES out, that's out there now that's a completely brand new hardware, and it operates exactly like the hardware would. So it's all brand new. That's what I was hoping this was going to be. Was going to be a hardware-based system that would play every single game just like the original hardware would that new one does not and i became less enthusiastic about that whenever i found out that that was the case because it's just an android box it's just going to emulate it that's all it is hmm. i don't know if you ever saw like there's a, a retron 77 i think it is it's a small little box that that, that there's a company out there yeah. that's um that just like did atari just pandora's did atari games box. yeah it's like a pandora's box or right exactly it's, it's got the uh, it's got the cartridge slot so it'll rip the rom off of the cartridge but it's just running it through stella yeah well that's what evercade does too you know sure. Evercade's the same thing where it's translated through the rom but it's still an emulator deck right whereas you know, i'd ra i'd rather have a vga full hardware replication of it that'd be perfect but alas yeah. i might I mean, still end up asking might might end up asking santa for it anyway because it is hdmi and if it is emulation it's going to take about a week before that thing's out before someone figures out okay if you crack it open here's the card you can put all the roms on it boom you're done yeah yeah probably all right let's jump into chris and see what chris yeah i was gonna say he's been suspiciously quiet on this one well you were all talking having mm. fun i didn't want to put in and i'm also building an at arty so oh there you go oh sweet. i do have, i do have one other convention i could talk about real quick if you're no it's okay i'm at the point where i can just hold this still so basically at arties are an absolute nightmare because it's hinged at three points for the legs and it's posable in two different ways so <laughs> And just, the, the, those are resins. Yeah. You have to do it with super glue, right? Uh, no, these are um, plastic glue. But oh, are they? Oh, good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think that's good. It, it'll it'll dry. I'm sure it'll fall off while I'm talking. I'll not even notice. <laughs> so, um, let's roll it back to um, main topic, like core concept kind yeah. of thing of yep. like what 
what makes a good con for me. Like, the best cons I've been to are like when I was in the Air Force, we used to do the Royal Air Force War Gaming Association um, annual general meeting and then championships. And you, you'd for the championships, you'd pick an event and you'd go and play in that one event. And then for the AGM, it was a lot more free form. You might play something on the, on the Friday night, something on the Saturday night, something on the Sunday kind of thing. But um, that was always pretty small and like was focused around like you knew the people because it's, it's only a small group. You know, it, it's a niche within a niche within a niche. You're talking like 70, 80 people and like you're playing games together. You're all staying in the same hotel. The events in that hotel, you're eating together. Um, you know, if, if you're traveling from the same base, you might all travel down together. And that was always really good fun. I do. That's one of the things I miss. I can't. I can't. It. It always winds up. Uh, well, I imagine the championship should be um, the end of this month. I'd imagine the twenty eighth, twenty ninth, because it's always the last weekend in October, which is terrible because Halloween and the kids and all of that. So it's not like I could fly back to the UK for that. And then the AGM is always in march uh, around uh, easter time so same deal again so I, I can't i can never kind of line it up to go to that since i moved out here but i do miss that one and i think just because it was so um it's a bunch of pe- it's a bunch of friends already you know what i mean there's no real effort you meet new people still uh, right. but you're the like there's no pressure no social dynamics or anything like to worry about because i and I was saying to Sean, this is a bit of a kind of dance around why you, for a bit that we've edited out already, but I don't actually like uh, the big conventions. And as a like a peek behind the curtain, I don't want people to like worry if they see me at something and want to come and say hi and do all of that. Because I do it and I have a good time, but I hate it. I, I hate the thought of it. I remember um, it would have been one of the worlds and obviously, like, all the podcast, I think Gold Squadron used to do an awards, and they had to do it as a big, like, event, and all all of the named people would be there. And like, it, I, I remember thinking, oh, should I, should I just get my crap and go? I was like, no, I, I just sat. I think I, I believe I downloaded um, uh, Cobra Kai and watched that in my room instead. Just on my own. Oh wow! And I, uh, I just the no, I don't think social anxiety is the right terms. So I don't really feel like that. But I just don't. I don't like. It. I didn't want to go through the effort. I'd been switched on all day in that mode, and I just wanted time away and off. Right. So I feel like I always miss out on a bunch of the fun stuff because I feel like it'll be too much work and effort. And yeah, I don't know. I. Adepticon was great. I I didn't get to see um, you guys that much. Um, yeah, that was a but, shame. But like it, like it, luckily for me, Gabe was there, and he and I found our own ways yeah. to entertain ourselves. I will not, say that next year I will absolutely schedule to do something though. Yeah. Well, that's the that's the hard part, Chris, because you were working, right? Yeah, and that's, but I, I, think it, I think that's why I really enjoyed it though, because right, it was work, right. and I I was I did a good job and it was great and everyone was having a good time and I got a sense of achievement from having done that. 
had I not been working, it would have been the same thing. If we, I, maybe it would have been different because obviously I got to spend time with Ed and Gabe. But like, if that was a normal, if I, I, there's a reason why I haven't been to Adepticon before. There's a reason why I've not been to a Gen Con, and I just don't think that it's too much. It's too big. Like doing the Gamma Trade Show, I can do because it again, it's work. I can schedule meetings with people I want to talk to. Um, I can catch up with reps who I work with and do. It's all business. It's all work, and I have a good time. But I'm there for a purpose, mm-hmm. right? Um, I and I think maybe that there's that part of it where you, if I go, am I am I there for me? Am I there for Dice? Am I there for a podcast? And like, does it actually matter? Like, it's a spoiler, folks. None of the podcasts matter. Like, <laughs> you, I think most people know I'm relatively derisory about that culture that came about anyway, and I've never tried to. Be about that lifestyle, <laughs> if you know right. what I mean. Um, yeah, well, yeah. That, that's that's where I said you know, in when when we were waiting on Ed, is it's you know, it's going there and doing the things personally or being the personality at them, and that's what I always hated. You know, I I didn't mind it when people would come up to me at an X Wing event that I'm there playing at and say hi, but then they would ask me to sign stuff. And it's like, yeah, and that's, that was what always, I never, I I always did it, but it always bothered me. Not because, you know, not because it's, it's a bad thing to do, but I'm now signing, you know, a full, full picture art Han Solo card with my name on it. Not the Mm -hmm. artist. Yeah. I've uh, always felt weird. It it was one of those, you don't feel bad about the person doing it because they're excited to meet you. And I've never, I never got that celebrity feel ever. Like I, I always felt like I was just like a regular person there. Like even in the height of like Nova, but when someone does ask you to do something like that, where they're like, "Oh, can you sign this for you?" And I'm like, I'm not important enough to sign that piece of paper. Right. <laughs> like, like really. I mean, if you need something to remember, like, oh yeah, this is whenever I met so and so. Cool. Um, but yeah, no, it was always that was always bizarre. So question question for you, Sean, or Chris, because the other convention I was going to bring up, it's been a really, really long time since I was part of the uh, RPGA, which was part, which was uh, for Dungeons and Dragons. Um, I worked plenty of GASP cons. That's the game. I had to look up their website to remember what GASP stood for. The Gaming Association of Southwest Pennsylvania. Um, And I worked two or three of their big cons. As a DM, DMing 3.5 Dungeons and Dragons, that was one of those things where I DM'd three games a day every day, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. Now they paid for your hotel, they paid for your food, but all of the other stuff that was going on outside that convention and all the other like the vendors and all that other stuff, like never had time for. I was stuck at a table running the exact same module for the eighth time this weekend over and over and over. But for me, that was the culmination of trying to be one of those community leaders. Like I started as a player at our local gaming group. They needed DMs. They asked someone to step up. I stepped up and then I started running games for the local group. And this was just like the next pro 
natural progression was, hey, the ga- the co- convention's coming up in two months. We need DMs to run these. You're not going to get a chance to play. You're not going to get a chance to do anything else but. But your ticket will be paid for, your food will be paid for, your room will be paid for. You're basically sacrificing your time for other people to enjoy themselves. That's what I was thinking about when you wouldn't when you went to Worlds for 2014, Sean, is I totally get it in the fact that you were at a large event, you didn't really get a chance to look around and do the other stuff, but all of your hard work, think of all of the other people that got to have a great gaming experience because of the hard work that you put in. No, 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 and and bear with me on this, but sure, I get that, but at the time, I didn't really care about what other people got no. out of I totally get that too. I completely 100% did it because I was driven to do it. You know, it's one of those things where it's like, you know, it's the culmination of your career, you know, and yeah, exactly. My short term career with X Wing went from 2012 to 2016, you know, and it's really weird to think about, but that's about the time it spanned because I did Nova Open, I think, in 16, 16 or 17, one of those two years. And I never looked back. You know, I've never looked back at it and said, you know. Trying to, were you at the same Nova that I was? No, you were not there. That's what I was going to say, because I think we went the year after that. Yep. Either you went the year before or the year after. I can't maybe, that's what it, maybe that's what it was. Yeah. You know, but not, yeah. I feel like I had a good time doing Nova. Uh, I've never not enjoyed one I've been to. Oh no, well, Mike, I, Mike does I, such I, a good job of making sure that that's an, a, a wonderful experience for everyone there. Well, well not just Nova, but any con at all. I've, anything I've been to, I've ne- I've never come back thinking, oh, that was terrible. Yeah, that but, was when I started thinking about this subject. Whenever he brought it up, I was like, I'm having a hard time coming up with a gaming convention that I didn't like. And I'm like, if I have to be nitpicky, one of the only things I can think of that makes a bad gaming convention is not good access to food because you've got a thousand, you know, ten, you know thousand gamers all in a room and then lunchtime rolls around and there's like one pizza shop and that gets overflown like it's one of the things that i think that mike brandt does absolutely perfect he has all those food trucks out there and you've got your whatever variety of food you want whenever we were at worlds and we were at um the game convention for F- fantasy flight they have the restaurant right there i mean that one was i mean you still got long lines but you could nonetheless there was easy access to food yeah um and I think that's it. I, going through the bullet points, I think, you say, I'm a bathroom's queen. Um, yes. Like, I, I, food and drink, like alcoholic drinks for the evening, mm-hmm. like, location of the, where you're staying compared to the venue, all of that kind of stuff. And I think. What's around the venue? Because if you don't want to stay, yeah. at the, if you want to stay, like you want to be able to go out and explore the town a little bit, is there stuff to do? That was probably one of my biggest, I remember leaving Nova open and passing by the Washington Monument on my drive home to Columbus that year and going, oh, right, we're that close to D.C. I never left the convention center. I should have done that. Yeah. And there's a part of that for me as well. Of like, I've been to two or three Novas now. I can't remember. Probably two. Um, and yeah, like I've never been to D.C. though. Yeah. <laughs> You were, on like the out, you were on the outskirts, but you were never there. Yep, I, I felt the yeah. same way. Uh, yeah, I don't know. <laughs> this, is, so, this, is, this is just one of those topics to me. I don't think that people talk about that much, you know? Just cons and, and like, what what you're getting out of that con. So know? I guess th- 
for me, the question becomes is why do you want to go to a con? Right. So in my head, the reason why I want to go to a gaming convention, and I'm thinking about, again, I'm stuck in the miniatures game, miniatures world, but so if I stuck, if I stick in that miniatures world, why do I want to go to Nova open uh, next year? For example, why am I considering going back to Adepticon this year? Well, I want to play. And there's something to be said about getting out of your comfort zone and just playing new people. Sometimes it's just a question of, first of all, if you're going there for the competitive thing and you think that you're going to win a gaming convention, unless you're on the top tier of your game, you're not going to win that convention. So you need to kind of go in with some middled expectations of you're not going to win it. Um, Try, try really hard, try your best, but... Try to be social, meet new people, make new friends. I made a lot of friends at a lot of gaming conventions, people I still talk to um, at these conventions just by going, just by meeting new people. So like the reason why if I'm like, oh, I want to go to this gaming convention, it's because I want to go and compete. I want to see, you know, test my medal against some of the others. And then once that's done and I'm in the mid table obscurity, (laughs) then I'm going to have like make it a social event and have more fun and meet new people. That's the whole point. Hey, really quick, just as a question for both of you. When is Adepticon? Is that in April? Uh, I just booked my flights. Give me a second. Oh, you're, are you going again for Worlds? Well, maybe. Uh, unconfirmed. Unconfirmed. I, so, ju- I just booked my flights. Unconfirmed. March 20th to 24th. Yeah. Are you I going in? I will be getting the on the 19th. Um, fairly late at night, and I'll be leaving on the 25th on the Monday. Um, I would want to bat that around with Gabe and see what his thoughts are, but the probably. But if we yeah. go, we're gonna go to play in the singles event at minimum, yeah. But take the uh, take the Monday off as well, and then you can travel back on the yes. Monday, and yes, we so can, can... Uh, do stuff after on the yes. Sunday, yes. So, yeah, so lesson you're... learned from last year. So here is because they haven't started selling tickets yet, have they? No, not, I'm I'm on their site right now. It doesn't yes, look like I'm they're open, they're open for sale yet. Okay. They've announced the location. They've announced when it's in the same location. Everything's going to stay the same. Yeah. So we. So here is the question. So, Chris, are you going to try to get the at the hotel there, or are you going to try to do somewhere else? Um. So last time I got in trouble because I booked my hotel separately so me and Ed could stay together and that apparently caused more hassle so I am not booking a hotel this year I've just booked uncancelable flights and then I'll figure (laughs) it out I'll make that drive again, that wasn't that bad Yeah, Yeah. I mean there was was so many hotels around there that you can't go wrong Yeah, Yeah, we were in so we I know we had talked on the first day, like, oh, we're just going to leave the car here and park here because it's close enough that you can park there, but it was so fucking cold. I'm not going to lie. It is Chicago in March that we just drove over. Yeah. And yeah. If, if the parking was bad, I would have, like, Gabe and I didn't have any problems with it, but I'm trying to imagine, like, if I'm trying to haul an army, I might have I might drop Gabe off at the front entrance and then go find a parking spot kind of thing um, if we're going to do it that way. Uh, the benefits for us driving it was awesome because anything we bought, we could just toss in the car. Right. Yeah. All of the swag as well. There's lots of stuff given out. Yeah. If you, yeah. I might do that. The crap that they gave away last year or this year, I guess, technically it's in this calendar year, um, was absurd. It was oh, just yeah. absurd. Yeah. If you can get the early bird, whatever the, the super duper pass that they have. Mm-hmm. 
and get the get the tickets for the big stuff, you get some serious swag out of that thing. Like, even if you decided to take all the stuff you got and then, like, oh, this is a game I'm not interested in, sold it online, you probably buy your ticket back. Yeah. Not that I'm suggesting yeah. anyone should do that. I'm just saying if that's what you decided to do. Right. We went we went the dirt cheapest way. We just got our entry ticket. That was it. We didn't sign up for any events. We signed up for a whole bunch of, like, game demos and stuff like that. Um, but beyond that, we didn't say, so we had a pretty frugal Adepticon last year. Next year, like I said, I, I, I a hundred percent am scheduling at least two things to sign up. Well, so, so what I'm looking at, and I don't really care where we stay because I'd like to stay someplace that's not outrageously priced, but if you have four people or three people or four people, you know, that 140 to $160 a night, you know, becomes $40 a night. Uh Uh-huh. Roughly, you know, that's kind of what I'm looking for for me. Well, if we did the same, if we did the same thing, like, all right, let's, Chris isn't here for a second. Sounds like Chris is going to have his own hotel arrangements, so he's probably not going to be in the equation. If we did the same thing that Gabe, Chris, and I did, we got a, there were two separate bedrooms and there was a living room in the middle and Gabe's up on the couch. That was perfect for us. I don't know. Which one, what was that one at? What what was the hotel? I don't remember. Chris, what one? Podcast gold. Um, well, hey, you know we're we're talking can, about cons tonight. We're gonna, yeah, I know, I know. Uh-huh. Um, we're gonna. Set I, up I'll our, send you. I'll have to find it in my emails. So yeah, I'll, it's I'll been a long it. time since I thought about it, but that room worked out great for us. Well, yeah. if we could do that same thing, you know. Yeah, no, I think that'd be, that'd be, be that perfect. Because yeah, you know, if it had two rooms, two beds, plus and the it, couch. That side of the in um of the freeway was closer to all the food places as well. Sure was. Yep. Yeah. Now, Sean, it, would you go to Adepticon to play? And if so, what? I don't know. Yeah, I have to see what they have, but I'd probably A- everything, go. Everything you can. Think I, I know. Of I, I've been there before. So <laughs> I've actually been there twice. Now that I think about it, but um, I don't know. I'd have to see what they have. I'm that con there for me. It's kind of like if I went to Nova Open. I would be there more to walk around and mingle than I would be to want to play games because I think it's cool to go to cons, those specific style of cons like Adepticon, like Nova Open that are there for the the gaming events, you know, the the miniature gaming events. And then they always have like um, the pickup game type thing, you know, like where you buy your ticket where they're free for... I would do all of the free um, demos. That's what we, that's we did. You're, that's, that's the exact what, trip that Gabe yeah. and I had last year. We yeah, did all the free, be, all the free game demos, and then we yep. did. Um, they have a, a gigantic painting. board game library. Yep, that, and then the painting. That's the other thing I'd want to go there for because they have all those little like painting classes and stuff. Sure do, and, and things like that. And that's if I went. More so because of just my physical condition, I don't think I could sit and be in a tournament. I, I just don't think I could do that. I would, I would have to because I would drive myself. It's only an eight-hour drive for me, basically, to get to Schaumburg because it's like just over eight hours for me. Is I would drive. We'd have two vehicles there basically. So if Chris wanted to, if you and Gabe were playing, and Chris wanted to get out of there and go do something, him and I would go do that. You know. Or, you know, things like that, where we would have two vehicles and then 
if I wasn't feeling well enough, I could go back to the hotel for a little while. Yeah, we did that too. 100% did that. Yeah, that's kind of like what I would enjoy about it because I'm not locked into anything. I don't want to be... I do not want to get locked into anything. I just want to go there, watch people play, play board games, hang out with you guys, of course, because that's the most important piece. Hopefully the hotel has a hot tub to get into because that would be really <laughs> nice. Um, just stuff like that, you know. And, of course, absolutely have to go get the meatballs at, uh, whatchamacallit, uh, Ikea, because there's an Ikea right there, too. Right there. Yeah, no, I think that'll be fair. I, I, I'm definitely down. I will, I'll po- worst case scenario, if Gabe decides he doesn't want to go, I'll probably still want to go. I Because he wants to start getting into more events. He's at the point now where he's like, I, I want to try and see how good I really am. Try to try to play other people other than our local gaming group. So I bet you that's an easy sell for him to go to Adapticon. Yeah, yep. And if you're, yeah. all of us are going to be there, then that makes it even better. Yeah, exactly. I mean, if Chris, are you going to be working, Chris? Or are you going to be playing? Probably. I'm probably working, but unconfirmed. Unconfirmed, unconfirmed rumors. Allegedly. 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 I, I've heard on the grapevine. We'll so see. the downside for that, and Chris, don't, please don't take this the wrong way. The downside to that is you're not really going to see Chris. No, no, I will, because I'll sit and bug him. Well, you can. You can. <laughs> He's working. Because I'm not. Because I'm not. What you mean, to... Sean, is you'll come over and I'll put you to work running X-Wing events, and you'll be like, oh, man. <laughs> Just when I thought I was out, they dragged me back here. I don't know the rules. And hey, oh, let me be the rule, rule you can hand like out, a... You can hand out prize tickets and um, collect <laughs> scorecards real good, my man. And he has all those little impromptu pods that he put up whenever people are getting bumped out. Yep, that's what, that's what I did when I was there. Because that's where I got my uh, templates. Um, Wade got me the uh, system open templates from that year that I did the system open there, you know, which is just badass because I have a set of system open templates, you know, and they're the cool black and blue ones too. I have my, I have my regional ones that I still use. Well, I have, I have, I have, if I were to play today, I have system opens. I have some Sparta templates. I have some Dice Eight templates, and then I have my X Wing T O. Oh, that's right. I think I have. I think I put my Dice Eight ones in the tray. You're right. I think my Dice Eight ones are there now. Oh, Sean has different Dice Eight ones. I have different have. ones. Yeah. Oh, I'm sure. Yeah. Sean has a special set for being the top patron for so long. Oh. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, I mean that's the thing to me is just I would just go and just have fun. You know, find my own, like, if you guys are in events, you know, and you need a drink or something, you know, I would hobble my way to get you a drink, you know, that type <laughs> of thing. Um, But, yeah, it's, I, I don't ever want to be tied down again. That's why I wouldn't get into events like that. Demos, for yeah. sure, because you can walk away from demos anytime you want. Sure. I totally did, too. I mean, yeah. I'm going to be honest, you can walk away from an event anytime you want to. Yeah, but if I'm paying, you know, however much money it is to play in the event, you know. I'm of an age now that if I'm not having fun in the game, I'll just concede and walk away. Oh, yeah. Yeah. No, I am that way, too. Yep. My That's... my oh. good time is not tied to me winning uh, the event, so. Nope. No, the good thing, well, the good thing is, too, with driving, I can bring some board games with me. Sure I can. And yeah. like I said, if I'm not mistaken, I think the sing so 
Adepticon's different than most cons. The singles event is not the premier event. It's the team event. So there's a part of me that thinks... Do we not still do ad boys? Is that not the big thing? That was uh, Games Workshop usage. I wish they still did. That. Hmm. I still have my t-shirt from playing the last, the last one that they held. I probably still have a t-shirt that says 40k radio worldwide war on it somewhere. Ooh. Never got that one. I wanted to, but I did not. Uh, all right. Anything else under the legs on this one? Or have we, uh, we covered all the things we wanted to cover? I'm, I'm good with it. it. It's it's one of those topics. that's kind of hard to wrap everybody's head around, of course, because I everybody... do have a tangential con related whinge. If you're, oh, if yeah, you're in for it, I'm in yeah, for it. Do it. Let's do it. So I decided that because I now make a bunch of stuff, that I should probably have a look at getting involved in some of the like sales for like the different like Christmas markets, gaming conventions, and get it looking at like vendor stalls and stuff. And it's so hard to find information on all of the local stuff. And like by the time I find something, so like, oh, there's one. The only I, I've researched like six that are happening this year. There's only one that I could have got a ticket for as a vendor. And it's on the same day weekend I'm running uh, the so it's next weekend ah. when I'm running the running running the Star Championships for next week. So I can't do it. I'm like, oh, okay. So it looks like I'm not making any any like bonus money um, this year for Dice Hate. So fun times. It's a shame you couldn't take something, some, take your stuff with you to Adepticon. But I'm sure that the vendor there alone are not. Yeah, well, I mean, the, you know what the I mean? Student, like, I, I couldn't do stuff in the States, but yeah. But just oh. because. But I could, but I probably wouldn't yet. I do um, like local stuff, local uh, yeah. Calgary, Alberta kind of things. But yeah, it's just, it's a lot of stuff to pack up. Yeah, I can imagine. Yeah, I thought, as soon as I said it, I went, yeah, how the hell is he going to get that all on the airplane? Yeah. I'd have to drive and hire a van or world a Jeep up. Mm-hmm. Which is doable, but yeah. But it's like even Gamma this year, it's moved to... Oh man, where is it? It's somewhere. It's not in Reno this year. No, it's uh, worse than Reno. The impossible um, place to find a flight to. Yeah, Gamma twenty twenty four. Oh dear, this is. I I just there's been so many complaints because it's not um, an inclusive place. The where we've moved it to. Define inclusive. Um. I think I don't want to say the wrong <laughs> state, but it, it's in one of the uh, the seven states. Oh, do, 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 do. oh, um, Louisville, Kentucky. Oh, so do, do they not have a bunch of um, like non-inclusive laws and stuff now? I don't know enough about Kentucky to answer that yeah. question. I just, I, I, there you are. That was a boat I was just sat in. I've just, I've just seen yep. lots of people in the uh, in the different groups um, wanting it to be moved and wanting to. Right, they can't afford to break the contract to not go there. But effectively, it was booked like four years ago or whenever mm. they were like doing the contracts. And then obviously different things changed. Different um Supreme Court rulings were overturned. Uh, um, I see where we're going. Yeah. So fun times. 
But yeah, I can see that being problematic for some folks. Yeah. It's a, yeah. It is a gaming industry um, convention as well. So it's lots of... Um, Diverse yeah. people that play and work in the gaming industry. Yes. I mean, we, we are three white cis males mm-hmm. um, who have a podcast. So, you know, we we are the problem. I, <laughs> um, it's, I need to get that t-shirt. I keep forgetting. I mean... Well, we're all over 40 now. We should start a podcast. Oh, wait. Oh, wait. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, I think I think that's a good place to leave it. How sad and lonely we all are in our <laughs> um, podcasting lives. Right. Yeah, we'll end it on a daughter like that. That works for me. <laughs> uh, as long as the takeaway for people is that we're the losers in this equation, you know, I don't want people <laughs> to feel like <laughs> there, uh, there's anything else at play here. So I'll try to I'll try to pep it up on the end for for me, if you are interested in any way, shape or form in getting to meet new people who have the same interest as you. It's the one thing that I will 100 percent give gaming convention. You're in your own crowd. You really are. I can't tell you the number of people from around the world that I walked up to or was standing in line next to waiting to get somewhere who were also into the same things that I were. And we get into fun conversations and debates and discussions with random people. You're in your own crowd. Every other person around you is as geeky as you are, and it's okay to let your geek flag fly high in that crowd. It's one of the rare occasions where you can do that and not feel ostracized by the outside world. We're all here for the same reasons. We like plastic miniature spacemen and we want to put them on the board or plastic spaceships or whatever your game of choice is there's a there's a whole group of people that are into it just as much as you are go out and meet them exactly <laughs> i was waving yeah she can't see so oh can't. damn evie uh so it's joe's putting nail to bed so oh, evie's condensed as a player can do perfect time to wrap it up then yeah she's sneaking in i saw it huh? Yeah. yeah. All right, Sean, always good to talk to you, my friend. Yep, always good to be here. Chris, always good to talk to you. Okay, but yeah, it's always nice to be here. All right, I'm going to do my job in this one and direct everyone to go to dice8.com if you want to reach us in any way capacity. You can join the Discord there. Patreon's going to be there, although I don't see the Patreon link as I'm looking at it. Chris's YouTube channel, Facebook, Twitter, all of it is going to be located there at dice8.com. And I'm sure Chris is going to solve that Patreon problem right quick. <laughs> no, I'm pretty sure it's so. I'm looking at it. Instagram, not... Twitch, I'm... YouTube, Facebook, Twitter. You should update your Twitter. It's not Twitter anymore. It's X, young man. Keep up with the times. Well, all of that's done automatically. Don't, oh, is don't... it? Oh, wow. Yeah. So they haven't updated theirs. That doesn't surprise me. Well, I, I doubt Twitter has given them a new widget. Oh, yeah, maybe not. Maybe not. Oh, see, I was right about something. Yeah. But all there, right. There is, there is a store. There is. It's right there. I was yeah. just going to mention that next. Yeah. Pick up all your cool stuff. The stuff that Chris was going to going to sell. I have been eyeing up those uh, gra- um, the columns and stuff for my sisters. Although, since I think the magnets work, I might not need them. But I need those alien grass for the next army I build, which is going to be coming up yeah. soon. Because once I'm done with sisters, I've got to buy a new one. And you can get your ticket to the Deployment Garrison Open. Oh, can you? I did yeah. not see that. It's in event You tickets. sure in... can. Look at that. First thing on the store. 
Yeah. Okay, folks. I'll stop making Ed chill for a different podcast and we can... Yeah, we're we all part. Of, we're all under the same umbrella. We're all part of the same happy family. Is Alan coming? Yeah, yeah. Alan's tell driving him I... up, and um, Zach's flying in. Tell him I said hi. I will do. I mean, he'll probably listen and know. Yeah, probably. All right, that's gonna do it for this one. As always, guys, fly cat. Thanks for listening to a Lack of Focus podcast brought to you by Dice Hate Productions. <laughs>